And with that, I say welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. I am one of your hosts, Eric, and joining me this week are two of my loveliest, loveliest co-hosts, Lauren and Mallory. How's it going, guys? Hey, it's going good. Yeah, it's been a while since we were on together. Or even just me and you, Mal. That's weird. Well, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. The last time the three of us were together was when we talked about Wonder Woman. (laughs) That was like a year ago. Yeah, it's like and then, uh, three years ago. I don't know. I don't. I feel like that. Uh, it was a while ago. Yeah, it was uh, a while at ago. least. Uh, no, it was at least. Uh, at least a year. No, yeah. it's at least two years ago because no, because I know because uh, one of the things that I remember from the podcast was me telling a story about how I broke up with someone after watching Wonder Woman. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Oh, yeah. So there is a very specific context in which I know how long it's been since I broke up with that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Well, that's, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, you're right. It was two years ago. It's almost yeah. exactly two years ago. It I was know. June 18th. 2017. Wow. And then I think the last time I was on was um, the Medieval Times episode. No, it hasn't been that long. I've been on since then because I think we did the Medieval Times one after Wonder Woman. It was definitely after it, but I feel like you've been yeah. on since. Have we Have we not had anything to chat about? I don't we should, know. We should just have a random chat about nothing, which yeah. is sort of sometimes what our podcast is about. <laughs> uh, not this episode. This episode is about something very specific. Um, recently, Hulu released the critically acclaimed fourth season. Not critically acclaimed. It was actually critically acclaimed. It's getting that, really good reviews from critics, yeah. yeah. So the fourth season of Veronica Mars, that uh, mid two thousand show by who's it by? Rob Thomas. Oh Lord, how did but I not that? the Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty. A Are we certain? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like something. Yeah. Cool. No, an important <laughs> a distinction to make. Yeah. <laughs> so the fourth season was released on Hulu not too long ago, about two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, and you know I finally finished it after you know going away for a couple weeks, and uh, you know I thought. Why not bring on two of my fellow lady friends, lady friends, who, who love this show? And I know you guys have strong opinions about it. Um, yeah. I, I was sort of a passing fan. I, I got into Veronica Mars late. I didn't see it back in 2000, I believe, seven when it first came out. It was probably a year or two later when my friends were like, you should watch this. It's sort of like Buffy without supernatural parts. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch this show. And it was. It was sort of like Buffy. It was strong female protagonist with a bunch of friends that, you know, were her crew and they went and they solved things. Yeah, that is pretty much Buffy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Buffy with a lot more murder. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot it's more like, murder. Yeah. I mean, Buffy, like, there's a fair amount of, like, pretty, like, sanitized, like, murders by demons, but, like, mm-hmm. far less uh, human-on-human violence. Lots of human-on-human yeah. hurt feelings, but, like, less violence. And you know that they were... F- like fans of Buffy because they brought on a bunch of people from Buffy to go yeah. on the show. How did you guys get into Veronica Mars? So I watched it in first year university. Um, there was a very legal and totally acceptable form of uh, sharing um, <laughs> that was certainly not remotely illegal um, that uh, uh if you were in the dorms, if you were in the residences on campus, you had you could basically connect into this network and share content. What was that thing <laughs> called? Uh, I was thinking, I was trying to think about it, and I cannot remember. But it was yeah. like a, yeah, it was basically yeah, it was a peer to peer networking yeah. that was specific to the residences. Uh, so I got 
um, two things that were suggested to me, which was the in- someone had the entire series of Pinky and the Brain, That's and they amazing. had the first <laughs> season of Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, yeah. I that's how that's how I, that's how it started. Yeah. How about you, Mal? Uh, so I was thinking about it the, the other day. Um, and so it was the summer of 2010. Uh, Lauren and I were working on the Welcome Week play and I was watching Gossip Girl on Netflix <gasps> and it was coming to the end of that. And I said to Lauren, I didn't realize Kristen Bell was the voice of Gossip Girl. And Lauren, you said to me, well, yeah, if you watched Veronica Mars, then you would notice. And I was like, well, what's that? So it was actually Lauren who <laughs> brought me into Veronica Mars. Um, I didn't even remember that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's- yeah. I was thinking about it because I remember that it was you. And I was trying to like piece together like what the, st- like, what the steps were that happened. And that's, yeah, that's exactly what went down. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so Lauren let me know about it. And I like, I think I watched the entire three seasons and like, two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're very easy watches. Like I rewatched yeah. the, the full series and the movie um, just before the fourth season. Yeah. I've watched the first three seasons. I don't know how many times now. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I, we, we had talked about the movie so much when the Kickstarter yeah. was going on. Like mm-hmm. It was such a big, mm-hmm. big thing for marshmallows, which are the, you know, the fans of Veronica Mars. Well, it was the, it was also the first like really big Kickstarter movie. Um, it you know, was the first big had, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah lots one, yeah. of people had done like little short films or like whatever, but it was the first like big deal. Yeah, um, and it, it killed its funding in less than yeah. a day, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I never funded it. I guess I was weary of Kickstarter back then, and now I kickstart everything. Which yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember distinctly that I did not have a, like a dime to my name. Yeah, <laughs> when but it we came out. We did. Lauren and we, I went together. Mm-hmm. You saw it in theaters? Yeah. Yeah. There was a, yeah. There was a screening in Toronto um, because you can set up um, like semi-private screenings. Uh, so they obviously like didn't have the money for, for like a full commercial release, which is yeah. like usually like multi, multi millions of dollars. Um, I, yeah. I think it ran for like two days and it was like one of those Cineplex like special events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in one of the smaller theaters at the cinema and it like it was entire like it was full it was entirely full and it was all marshmallows like everybody was laughing at every little in joke everybody you know anytime um someone from the series made a cameo appearance the whole audience would react it was it was really good Hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, they were cheering. Like I remember yeah. when the when the lights went down, like everyone yeah. cheered Start. so. They were everyone was so excited, and I was so excited yeah. because I loved this show, and I loved. I had basically loved everything that had been associated with this show. Like mm-hmm. it's such an interesting character study of people, and like people yeah. who are like both extremely wealthy, but also like people who have nothing and the fact that you're like that the show is intentionally set up as this class struggle, mm-hmm. which I didn't know I was going to get into socialist theory this early into the podcast, but like, yeah, like it's essentially like that's how it's set up. Right. We might as well do the, the, do the social <laughs> socialist theory all the way through. Um, it's weird. Cause I, I remember being really excited about the movie and then sleeping on it. Cause I didn't see it until this year. So that's what yeah. eight years later or something. The movie yeah. was 2014. Oh, 2014? Yeah. yeah. 
It's only five, five years. years. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember always thinking, oh, I really should watch this movie. I should watch it. And then I watched it this year. And to be honest, I was sort of disappointed with it. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say like it. I really enjoyed it, but it's very clear that it was a movie for the fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, because the fans paid for it. So like, what are you going to do? Make the fans pay for it and then do the opposite of what they want. Like they, I think they, they were very grateful to have that opportunity to continue the story, but they were painted into a corner a little bit by having it be fan funded. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's a little bit of a cop out, um, by them. Um, I know, I know it is, it was fan funded, but there's something about being true to everything before servicing what you have you think you they they want to see like i'd rather see what they wanted to see instead of what they think we wanted to see you know what i mean mm-hmm. well i i think that also you could potentially speak to the fact that it was like truly one of like the like the yeah the first major motion picture that was ever and has ever been like fully funded through like through crowdsourced yeah or, like stuff has been partially and then like brought on with other like other um producing houses but yeah um but the fact that like i i i don't know how i would have necessarily reacted given that opportunity like yeah i i, I don't know it's Maybe, fair yeah yeah like I, 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 yeah. I also thought like the first new star wars like the force awakens was too fan servicey for me like it, it i didn't enjoy it I, I just thought it was it was a rehash and it was just like well, the fans were angry about the prequels. Let's give them everything they want. Right. right? And that's sort of how I felt about Verona Kamari's the movie. Mm-hmm. That being said, I, I did like seeing her punch out that girl from the... Which was amazing. And I assume that's one of the cheering points of the when you guys saw it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, in um, in recent interviews like that um, Kristen Bell's been doing for season four, she said that when they were writing the movie, Rob Thomas was like, what do fans want to see? They want to see Veronica punch out Madison. And then he reverse engineered it to like have a reason for that to happen. Yep. I, I didn't realize that they had recast one of the characters in the movie. Like I, I was watching the movie. And I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to know who this is. Yeah. I recognize the name. And yeah. it was someone else. It was another famous actress. And I, I thought that was Leighton Easter. Was yeah. Leighton Easter. Yeah. Leighton? Yeah. Leighton? Yeah. Yeah, she played Carrie Bishop on a couple episodes of season one, I yes. think. Um, and they couldn't get her back for the film. Uh, I think it was scheduling. I don't know. Um, yeah, so they recast her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the movie before we go into the series? Because I feel like the movie is yeah. its own little thing. It totally is. Um, so I, I agree with like I agree with you. I also totally I've seen the movie. I've seen the series a bunch, but. I also had no idea who Carrie Bishop was. Mallory had to remind me when we left. I'm like, but like, <laughs> I think I had she? just, I think I had just rewatched the series like in preparation for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, yeah. yeah, I'd be like, I don't know, but because mm-hmm. it's it's she's there for one episode. It was a like a day player thing. Um, yeah, I remember I remember the episode and like the context, and then the context obviously became clear during the movie about like what yeah. like what she was doing there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, and I think we're going to go into this more, but what was most interesting about the movie in terms of like fan service, quote unquote, was um, the fact that um, Veronica in the movie um, 
basically has gone legit. Like for for lack of a better term, like she has. Um, she's left the PI business. She's yeah. She to become a lawyer. Yeah, she's on the East Coast. She is in a totally different space, and she actively chooses to like blow that up. And that's mm-hmm. seen as in the movie, and like even um, me watching it um, is set up to feel like a good thing. Yes, um, like she's making the right choice. Yeah, the right choice is not for you to be on the East Coast with Piz, like being a lawyer going to join this fancy firm and uh, you're going to be mentored by Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, no, that is, that's that's not who Veronica really is. And yeah. so the fact that she goes back to the West Coast partially because her father has been horrifically injured, which is like a really, I mean, just in real life, that's something that people often do. But yeah. she chooses to sort of like, she just basically abandons the opportunity of like, I I could be this person and mm-hmm. I'm choosing instead to be someone else, which yeah. I think is particularly resonant to a lot of people. And I think that's why it also resonated so much like with me, with other people when that movie came out, because I think everyone is perpetually in a state where you feel like you have made a choice that closes doors on right. other people you could be mm-hmm. so oh, but yeah. that hits home yeah sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no i don't know how i felt about that I, I remember seeing her being happy and i was like well it's nice that she chose that and that she went to something that it looked like she was she still wanted to help people as a lawyer yeah and i and, I, and part of me thinks about how that would work in veronica's mind space like she was helping people as a PI, so I wonder if she would take cases that would, you know, help the underprivileged as a lawyer. There's this whole suits thing that went through my mind when I first heard that Veronica went the lawyer route. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sort of sad that she didn't actually, like in the fourth season, that she didn't use any of that to help people. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there, I mean, there is like the, in life and in this show, people have a huge distrust of lawyers for a variety of reasons. And every lawyer in the show is like very much set up to be a scumbag. Like no matter who you are, like how wealthy or poor you are as a lawyer, you are like, you're like the scum of the earth. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting. It's both interesting that she chose to be a lawyer and abandon that, but also that, the show itself and the movie and the like and the fourth series has such a disdain for lawyers because that's yeah. both like i think accurate for like how people themselves like react to the legal profession mm-hmm. but also like it's a very it's a very weird decision because they just talk about how she never uses her law degree and yeah. she it's almost as though she's above it like she yeah. sees all these people being scumbags and she's like i'm not them <laughs> Yeah. 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 So let's go into the series. The first two seasons were set in high school, which was mm-hmm. the Buffy way, obviously. Yeah. And then they took the route of going to university like Buffy in the third season. Um, but they ended up changing a lot of people. They're, oddly, yeah. oddly enough, there are people that were there, people that stuck around. Um, she, she had wanted to go to a different university, not in the same city, but ended up staying in town for some reason i don't remember what money reasons yeah her yeah. Uh, her mom ran off with her college fund right 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. She, yeah, yeah. she spends her college fund to put her mother into rehab, and her mother dips out yeah. of rehab, like, like a week in or two weeks in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then he's yeah. Oh, they yeah. Want, they get a reward check for that would cover her college, and her mom takes it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are there any standouts in the first two seasons, or what are your thoughts about the first two seasons versus the third? Because it, it is quite a change from that. So, Let's go with Mallory. Yeah. Well, so I know for the third season, um, so the first two seasons, they were on UPN. Um, and then the third season was when uh, WB bought UPN and it became the CW. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first two seasons, they had this like one overarching mystery and then like little episodic ones as well. Um, and the CW decided that they didn't want that, that they wanted to focus more on smaller mysteries, which is why the kind of the format was, was different in the third season. And I think that affected it a lot was yeah. having the different format um, because you didn't have that consistent thread from episode one to um, the season finale. I never even noticed that. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, um, they went from like the big bad with like monster of the week Mm -hmm. to yeah, like there are like there's two very distinct port like portions of uh, of season three. Um, But I also uh, the reason that I super dislike season three is um, I also think becomes an overarching thing about the movie and series four, which is that. I feel like there's no character development. Mm-hmm. Like they've just, they've transplanted five people into a college environment, but they have not made any changes. Right. Sort of like Gilmore girls did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe that was the last episode we talked about actually Gilmore girls. That was oh, very, yeah, we did that. That mm-hmm. was very depressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they sort of felt like high school people, but they were older. Yeah. But less mature. Yeah, I could see that. And then they, what do you think of the newer characters they brought in? I know they tried to round out with some extra people to, to you know, I don't know, flesh out that cast. There, there, was, there was already a, <laughs> they, I feel like Weevil and um, Wallace. Wallace sort of took a back seat in the third season. Yeah. Yeah. You well, know, it's sort I'll- of a moving forward thing. Mm-hmm. They sort of both took a back seat. Uh, well, I think it's it's super interesting just like thinking from a like uh, specifically from a demographic perspective. Yeah. UPN was geared towards a much more diverse um, audience towards um, uh, specifically like Black Americans, people of color, mm. and it, that's what, and that's what a lot of its programming was. Um, and CW, uh, like so, the WB, which became the CW, merged. Um, merged with UPN was like very white middle-class shows, like very beige shows. Mm -hmm. So what I found most interesting was that the characters that were brought on in season three were like incredibly fascinating characters in their own right. But you noticed how, if you rewatch it, you see how like much less diverse the cast is and people like visible, like, people who are like visibly different take a back seat. Wallace takes a back seat. Mm-hmm. Weevil takes a back seat. People who were central characters to this world move back and you have um, white actors replacing them in roles they would normally have played. Doesn't that's Wallace leave I- for like half the season? Yeah. He's just gone. That's yeah. uh, season two. Season two. Season two. Oh. Season yeah. two. yeah. Um, but yeah, there were lots of episodes 
in season three where he wasn't around a whole bunch. But yeah, I never, I, I, that's a good point, Lauren. I hadn't realized that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about me, but I hadn't realized it. <laughs> well, um, as, as a person of color, I never noticed it either, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so yeah, there's that. That, yeah. that, that makes me think about stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, um, it was, uh, I honestly was never something that I considered until I rewatched it like this year. I, I wish yeah. I could say that I was that woke like 12 years ago, but I know I was not. I know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Wokeness is a spectrum. It is a journey that you are on. No, but rewatching that again and then considering to myself like what that looked like, which again, I think speaks to the kind of network pressures that the show was under previously, right. mm-hmm. which is, yeah. Well, and I think also season three focused a lot more on the like relationships between the characters as opposed to like solving mysteries. Mm. Um, so it was like moving away from being like a mystery show and being more of like that, you know, CW, CW young adult drama, teen drama. Thing, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you mean the arrow type thing where the relationship sure. is more important than the superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, we could, I could have a whole conver- we could have a whole conversation about like how successful I think um, the uh, DC universe television shows are versus the DC movies, and then vice versa for Marvel era television shows and we, Marvel movies. But we no, we won't do it now. We should definitely do an episode <laughs> about the DC uh, universe, the, the the television universe, because Arrowverse, Arrow, yeah. Arrow's ending this year, right? It so. Is. Sorry, so we should it, it's back sort of on track. An era. I don't care. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so Every episode catch up, turns catch up while we talk about it. There's about twelve different shows, and there's about five seasons for every one of them. It's yeah. true. It's confusing, but they also yeah. Yeah, they anyway. all yeah. There's it's so weird, um, but no, wonderful so sometimes. Great. Yeah, but no, like there is like a very specific for there's a very specific formula to CW shows yeah. um, that could almost you could almost call it sitcommy in terms of like the shows that they choose. So sitcoms yeah. like obviously like have a formula. People don't really change, and you just slot in scenarios and see how these characters that you have built react. Right. I, I think and, they actually have yeah. their own format. I think the CW has their own the CW way, like. Pretty yeah. Little Liars and all those t- TV shows, even the DC ones, all sort of are the same, but just like costume swapped and then location yeah. swapped. Yeah. yeah. The premise is different, but the people are the same. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I, I liked the 100 when it first came out, but then it just yeah. like turned into everything else that was on there. I loved the 100. But again, we're not going to get sidetracked on shows that we used to love and no longer do. We can't do it. Damn you, Arrow. I used to love you so much. <laughs> much. Yeah. No, but like I, but um, like Pain. Veronica Mars season four is, um, so season, like season four might be like my second favorite like season yeah. season one is my favorite season but season yeah. four i think might actually be like a very close second to, th- to that season i think that it is like just such a it's just so great and it shines in a way that season three did not not because mm-hmm. those actors are untalented they're great actors not because i think the stories aren't interesting because i do think the stories were interesting. I think that they were presented in a way that was formulaic and disinteresting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it had nothing to do with the talent that was associated with the show. And that's what I was so like 
pumped about for the movie and pumped about for mm-hmm. this season. So why don't we jump into the fourth season? Um, I feel like a lot of returning TV shows, um, there's a lot of pressure by the crea- on the creators to make something that isn't their vision. Um, mm-hmm. We see this with like commun- when Community came back, it felt wrong. And then the creator came back and it felt sort of right, but it still felt a little wrong when that happened. I think Hulu gave Rob Thomas the freedom to do what he wanted. And you could sort of see that in this season. Thoughts? Yeah, a hundred percent. I felt like between the books and this season, he was kind of like writing himself out of what he had done in service to the fans for the movie and writing back to where he felt the characters would be. And I actually felt like the characters felt more honest in season four than they did in the movie. Veronica didn't seem to have her same like sass. Everyone seemed a little like too shiny in in the movie. The the season four just felt like a little bit more where I would actually expect those characters to be and how I would expect them to be. Mm-hmm. Lauren? Yeah, no, uh, Mallory and I, because Mallory saw the show first and I didn't see it for uh, maybe, I didn't start watching it until about a week or so after it had come out. Um, and yeah, that was the thing I think I kept remarking was that it for a show that is like extremely dark, comedic, but like dark and, and like based around like the most seemingly implausible, terrible things to happen to people. The mm-hmm. characters, especially like the characters have always felt very real. They felt like very real people. And season four, they look like people. Like yeah. they look like the like they look like the people that they would be given the things that have happened to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, Which, the yeah. The sass between her and her dad was sorely lacking in the movie. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And then, and then when they started doing the non-swearing thing in the fourth season, it was just yeah. like perfect. I was just like, there they are. They're back. Yeah. And they that just, that back. quick wit. It's that quick wit that just wasn't really there in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is hard. I mean, yeah. the like, in all fairness, again to the movie, like she also has spent almost no time with her dad for years. So, yeah. So there is that, like, she has become disconnected from this whole, like, community, this whole way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, it, uh, yeah, I just love that. Like, I love that relationship. Like, it is such a mm-hmm. solid um, parent-child relationship and seeing it, because um, I'm not, like, I, I'm almost, I turned 30 this year, but my parents have gotten, Baby. like, I'm a baby. Yeah. But like, (laughs) but even still, like my parents are getting older. And so we have a different relationship than we had five years ago, than 10 years ago. Agreed. And a totally different relationship than when I was a teenager, which I think is true for most people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not like a a horrifying, sad, like um, uh, my dad's on his deathbed sort of relationship. It's, how do you respond as a child when the ch- like when it seems like you're about to become the parent, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. but you're yeah like you like like how that relation how you negotiate that change? Yeah, and they yeah. sort of play on that, right? There's a lot of parts in the fourth season where 
where um, Veronica's worried about her dad's yeah. is the mental state and his, his health. Um, mm-hmm. But when he fakes that heart attack in the hallway and she's like, she takes that one moment and she's like, he better is not this he better real? be faking, yeah. right? Yeah. And I thought that was such a well-acted moment because you could see it in her eyes and just yeah. everything. And it was just, mm-hmm. oh, so good. Well, because you know they've done that like a thousand times when she was in high school. But mm. this time it's different because he's older. He's having these memory problems. He has, um, you know, the physical issue with his hip. Like this could be real at this point. Mm-hmm. There was uh, a, a not as charitable review of um, of Veronica Mars that basically implied that she treats her father like a child. She that basically like says like she treats everyone garbage and she treats her dad like she like she knows better than him. Um, I, which, I don't think that at all. Yeah, no, no, no. I yeah, I. I if, very if my parents started forgetting things that way, I would behave the same way. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like there's this camaraderie more so than just the, yeah, than them being uh, father or daughter. There's this like they're best friends. Like yeah, I, that's something genuine. I would love to have as with my daughters. Right? It's mm-hmm. it's definitely that model where I'm like, ooh, I want to be like him when I get older. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe without the the whole PI thing, although that might be neat. You never know. Podcast. Um, one of the the things that I know Mallory was telling me about the book. So there was a little bit. Um, there was a lot of things that were lost on me when I started watching season mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. because um, seeing Weevil bad again, I was just like, "Whoa, that came out of nowhere!" The last time I saw him, he was sort of well, he was shot and yeah, wearing khakis and you know sweater vests and whatnot. Um, what did you think of his turn back to the? Um, to the dark side, I guess. Um, well, I had read the book, so I had the the context for it. Um, so it, it felt not out of place. Um, I think they hint at it at the end of the movie um, because you know that he's being accused of, of threatening Celeste Kane, and that's supposedly why she shot. Um, so at the very end of the movie, you do see him get back on the bike and someone hands him like a jacket. Um, so it's hinted at there. It is like more explicit throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I felt really bad for him. Like he had this whole family, mm-hmm. a perfect life. Like he had gotten yeah. it. And it felt like yeah. such a good, like, mm-hmm. I guess that would be the, the fan perfect ending for him to be. Yeah. Be yeah. good. But I don't know. That hurt, that hurt me a lot when I saw this season. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it speaks to how hard it is in real life for people to like, get out of their circumstance. Um, it's, it's really easy to get sucked back in. It's really easy. It's really hard to, to get out of it in the first place. Yeah. I would, I would agree with you with that. Like, especially, um, people are always, I mean, people will talk about this from an American context. Cause obviously like mm-hmm. this is an American show, but we forget, um, how prevalent poverty is. And we, yeah. and it's really like, it is, well understood but at the same time not well explained like the kind of patterns that go into the cycles of poverty like cycles of poverty are not easy things to get out of and people Mm -hmm. who um offer simple solutions are are kidding themselves or are being really disingenuous because the reality is, is that you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps no and what weevil's story 
shows as terrible as it is, is that like sometimes you do all the right things and you still can't get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, that doesn't mean that you can't or you shouldn't stop trying because I, I, but I've also never been someone who's been in the kind of poverty that Weevil is shown to be in. Yeah. And the kind of relationships that he's shown to have, like, it's like yeah there was that that whole race element in that too like he had already mm-hmm. been proven guilty about you know like people were pretty much result were saying that he had shot her because yeah he, you know mexican and yeah there's a lot of that race um yeah. tension in the states i i know it's up here yeah. too but it's not i, I don't think it's oh, as oh it's 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 different prevalent. yeah yeah well, mm-hmm. that's also what I find. So the one thing, one of the things that I really actually am really conflicted about and I really dislike in a lot of ways is the introduction of two full-on cartel murderers showing mm-hmm. up, in, uh-huh. illegally crossing the border, showing up yeah. in a like a town in Southern California and starting to just dis- indiscriminately murder people to in like in service of their boss Mm -hmm. like Uh that to me is i like i'm sure there are a ton of ways that it could be played that would be interesting or um like a conversation about um like race or the cartel system or whatever else but the fact that in the united states there is such a a huge like there's such a huge racial divide and treatment mm-hmm. of Hispanic people and Latinx people. And in this show, you show someone who can't get away from being stereotyped as a criminal. And you like, you dredge that back up with like basically the worst fears of white America come to pass on Neptune. Yeah. Make me yeah. real mad. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what mm-hmm. the purpose the real purpose of them being there because they were very lovable characters, but um, horrible people. I think the, yeah, I think the purpose of them was to um, bring Veronica and Weevil back together because that's mm-hmm. like the moment where they kind of reconnect, right. Is when Weevil saves her. From but I wonder them. if you could have, they could have done it without they that. Done it, right? um, oh, they could have done it a hundred different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was like the function of those characters. Yeah. yeah like there's sure. no other reason for it. Right. Mm. And now I wonder if they could have just brought in a rival gang or something like that just to yeah. bring it in instead of having cartel, that whole Breaking yeah, Bad type it, it, thing. It could have been like anybody. <laughs> um, it literally could have been anybody. But what did yeah. they do? The, yeah, like that's yeah. like if you're going to fault Rob Thomas and, and the team for something, it is that. <laughs> but I wonder that, if he, he yeah. wanted to do that to play off of the fears of American people. Like there could have been that. I never. I haven't read any of his interviews about this this season or Neither actually the movie. Yeah. To be honest, um, I've sort of been keeping away from it just based on the the fan reaction that uh, you guys showed me. Yeah. We'll so from what I from what I've seen, like nobody seems to be touching on that. There, people are mostly. Are, so spoilers for those. Yeah, of you spoilers, who everyone. We're going to talk about. I'm stuff sure that we've already it. spoiled a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Have um, we? Not the but <laughs> I just talked well, extensively yeah. about a major <laughs> plot point. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what people are really upset about is that um, in the very last episode, they kill off Logan. Um, 
that's what people are angry about. I don't know how you couldn't see that coming like three episodes mm-hmm. before that. Cause I was just sitting there. I was like, well, Logan's totally going to die. Right. He's going to die. And then he died. And yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm sad, <laughs> but he did. Well, I think, wait, wait, is he like, dead? Cause we didn't see a body to be honest. And they didn't really say dead. he died. Maybe. Did, he, did they say he died, died though? He, he's, he's done interviews where he said, yeah, it's, it's I'm dead. Logan, okay. like the Jason Doran has done interviews. Oh. Nope, um, sound, it sounds a lot like he's uh, going undercover for the FBI, though. In, uh, go let's, let's, let's say that he's not a horrible um, um, special intelligence officer, <laughs> you know, just died yeah. randomly. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think with Logan, I think they, they brought them back together in the movie because that's what the fans wanted. The fans loved Logan and Veronica. Um, and then so in the books, um, they touch on it kind of in the movie with him like leaving at the end. So in the books, their relationship is mostly over Skype because he's off on like assignment doing things. So he's not there. Um, and I think that was done because they, Rob Thomas just didn't know what else to do with the character. And you can kind of see that in this season that he, he doesn't know. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's he doesn't know he what to does do. Does some stuff? Not really. He talks to his buddy <laughs> for yeah, and he does some bodyguardy stuff. Uh, yeah, I believe that he lives to serve Veronica. Please <laughs> and thank you. Yeah, Get together. I mean, in in terms of like the mysteries, like he's he's shoehorned in there, like because Mac's not around, they need the the naval intelligence guys to track down who's blackmailing the um congressman. Um. And that's really all he does in terms of like servicing the the mystery and like figuring out who is behind all the all the bombings. Um, yeah. And I I feel like they're leaning more, they're they're trying to get away from that high school drama and move more towards like a flat out mystery show. Yeah, well, he was show. he was pretty much in the first three seasons. His role was to be self destructive, right? Yeah. Um, and him in the fourth season, it was nice hearing him say that he had gone to therapy and was yeah. working on improving himself because he didn't want to be like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of him bringing therapy into the show and how he wanted Veronica to also, yeah. you know, share her feelings and, you know, better, better herself. I think his, mm-hmm. I think, I guess his role for me in that was to have her realize that she could be a better version of herself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I I think if they had just like gotten married and lived happily ever after and like became like detective husband and wife like that wouldn't have happened. She'd never work on herself. She'd never work through um all the trauma that she's experienced, but as we see at the end of of the the last episode, she is in therapy. She is taking a step towards being more in touch with herself. Mm-hmm. And his death was that stepping stone. Was, was nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if the if Rob Thomas really wanted to give fans what they wanted, they would have had Duncan come back in the movie, and there would have been a love triangle again, and it just would have been. Did you like, know? No, the guy I who don't. played Duncan mm-hmm. quit acting and is now a lawyer. I did know that. To be honest, <laughs> I didn't know that because <laughs> I looked him up. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure I if they he... asked him and then to come back, and he's like, "No, no, no, I lawyer now." We don't I like think if they were going to ask him to come, I think if they were going to ask him to come back, it would have been for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, like 
I, I don't yeah, I don't know how many how many years one can uh one can hide on a beach with your infant daughter in Mexico before yeah. people start getting they suspicious. Were in Australia. Were they? Yep. That makes more sense than what I saw. But didn't I send you a text, Mallory, a little while ago saying how old Duncan's kid would be now? Was it something like 13, right? It'd be, yeah. I thought it was, uh, so 15. 15? Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it premiered oh. 15, 14 or 15, I think. Yeah, because yeah. uh, she would have been born in 2005 during, 2005 yeah. or 2006 during the show. Uh, so 2000, yeah. yeah, I know. So old. I know. So old. Um, I know. I'm trying to think. There was something I wanted to go into for season four, and I totally forgot what it was. Uh, Logan. Was it about therapy? We talked about therapy, did we not? We could keep going. Oh, man, I love therapy. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I'm like, (laughs) sorry. Um, Mallory will attest to this. Like, I'm also like, I'm the therapy pusher in literally everyone's life. Mm -hmm. When people come to me and they talk about their problems, and I'm like, I like, I want to be clear. Like I'm a sympathetic friend. I like want to talk to people about their problems, but I'm also just like, you know what could probably help you with this? A therapist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm team. Like a counselor will help you with this. I'm not saying that I don't, like, I'm not abdicating my friend responsibility. No. So the fact <laughs> no. that like, I, I strongly identify with Logan as a ther- like as the therapy yeah. pusher in that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, I think a lot of people also are like, well, if I go to therapy and then that means I'm broken, um, which I don't think is a, is a fair um, assessment of yourself or what therapy is at all. Um, and I think that we see that a little bit from Veronica when, when Logan's trying to like get her to go or to go with him, she's really mm-hmm. resistant to it because she doesn't want to think of herself as being weak. And I think she views views like going to talk about your feelings like I can't handle it myself. Um, yeah. And I think most of us can't handle things ourselves. I think therapy is is beneficial for. Yeah, for yeah I, I think the storyline even goes towards. There, there's a point later in the in the season where Veronica is doing something to one of you know what we're we're not we're spoiling things. She bugs yeah. Nicole's office, right? Yeah, she feels horribly about it, and she thinks that she's broken by the yeah. by that by her doing that to a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and but she is broken. Like that's yeah, the thing is that like um, I, I I don't mean that like she's broken and that she's unfixable, but. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are like the reason that and so Mallory and I haven't spoken about this talking about this show being psychologically realistic um, season four shows the results of someone who saw their dead best friend when they were 16. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you were 16 years old and you saw someone that you love murdered and what does that actually, I'm not saying that people who experience that kind of violence in their life are fundamentally going to be like broken in their lives. Absolutely not. There's tons of people who have experienced violence and moved beyond it. But this is maybe one of the most realistic views of someone mm-hmm. who is stuck in a pattern. Yeah. She is someone who doesn't know how to move on. She doesn't know how to be anything else. And, and we see that mirrored with um, with Maddie in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it starts with her her father being the victim of this bombing, um, and then right at the end, she witnesses the the bomber's head being literally cut off and barely blinks an eye. Yeah, that was an intense moment. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think she's going to come back in? I know that uh, Rob Thomas has talked about further, furthering, like doing more seasons. Um, do you think that yeah. Mini Veronica would show up? I feel like she's she's now a a nice little part of that whole. I I think so. I think they've set up the next season to be not in Neptune. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that means that like um, Keith or Maddie won't be part of it. Um, They, you know, they kind of insinuated at the end that like Maddie is now. She's working at the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I can definitely see them being part of it. I don't know that they would be like series regulars. I think they want to kind of like, expand the universe a bit um and and move outside of neptune that'd be nice um i remember when um the fourth season was being pitched to other studios or other networks they had made a little i guess not pilot mm-hmm. but a, a little yeah, like, video, a pi- like a pilot yeah i yeah. Can call it that about um it was proof of concept. FBI, yeah proof, proof of concept. concept yeah about veronica being an fbi agent i thought that was super interesting yeah having her yeah. move mm-hmm. on to that type of career and with new people, but still with the same sass that um, yeah. you know, we, we love her for. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the the first scene in the proof of concept is her undercover at this private, uh, not a private girl school at um, uh, like a juvenile detention center mm-hmm. where the, the warden is accused of like sexually assaulting uh, female inmates um, and use all of that Veronica charm <laughs> uh, to, to catch him in the act, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was, it was wonderful. It was sort of weird not yeah. seeing like any of the other cast in it, but yeah, you know, I, I know Leo would have showed up cause I love Leo. Yeah. Oh yeah. No team Leo's all around. <laughs> um, what I'm like, I'm less of a fan of is uh, I've seen some like fan theorying of people who are also on the team Leo being like, ah, yes, they fridged Logan. So that way Leo can come back and be the ultimate like relationship. <laughs> and I'm like, no. that seems like a real weird end game for Rob yes. Thomas to roll with. Yeah. yeah. Well, and especially since they have, you know, there's that, um, she has the dream with, Lo- with that Leo. And she says like mm-hmm. when she woke up, she, was just happy that it wasn't real because she, she wants Logan. Like, you yeah. know, it's, I think Leo, his part in the, in season four was just to, to solidify for Veronica that like, she is happy. Like she's where she's supposed to be. Um, and yeah. unfortunately that, that all changes, but, <laughs> um, but I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think Leo is Rob Thomas has said that he wants Veronica not romantically involved at least for like the time being um i feel like it would be weird if she went straight into yeah yeah well the focus is supposed to be more on on the mysteries as opposed to like her personal personal life which would be much better um yeah i i would be remiss if i i didn't talk about some of the newer additions to the fourth season there were some bigger bigger names in the cast yeah Um, we saw Patton oswald play Penn Epner and oh. who was, and he was wonderful. And the fact that they brought yeah. in the murder heads or, um, mm-hmm. and like, I know they're all big podcast fans. Cause that's definitely a play on the murderinos. Murderinos. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do yeah. you guys think about them bringing the, the idea of, and like, it's fairly new, this whole idea of 
people searching for uh, going through cold cases because of their podcast love, right? Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that came out of um, most of that podcast that was super popular. Um, the one with Adnan. Serial. Uh, Serial. And I feel like that sort yeah. of sparked that whole thing. What do you guys think about mm-hmm. the idea of having podcasts being a real part of this uh, season? Mm, thoughts? Mallow? <laughs> no, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I thought it worked really well. Um, I thought it like connected the... It, it, it definitely connected the, the series to like here and now. Um, it wasn't in this like weird Neptune bubble. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I'm, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, any thoughts? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I like it a lot because I think that it, it prevents, like it presents a really interesting foil to, um, mm-hmm. to Veronica and, um, Keith because they perceive themselves to be like very serious, like, investigators they are licensed they have these accreditations they have time um devoted like like years of experience devoted to this and they are like almost like pushed up against people who are just really excited about murder Mm -hmm. like really excited Mm -hmm. about investigating and um this uh like like major like enthusiasm enthusiasm for investigation that um I think that Veronica and her father probably both feel, but do not express because it's either like unprofessional or not cool to be that excited about murder. I guess Mm -hmm. also being excited about murder is awkward. Um, (laughs) It's uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. I think it also speaks to um, this culture of everyone's an expert. Like you can go on YouTube and you find people who know nothing about nutrition, but they're telling you what you should eat that know nothing about like exercise, but they're telling you what your fitness plan should be. You know, people, everybody thinks that they're an expert um, and they don't like being told that they're not, which is I think how and why Penn ends up doing what he's, what he does. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Veronica and Keith are very clear with him that like, no, you don't know what you're doing we're the professionals, we will figure this out. Um, and he tries to, to beat them at that and, and doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you, you, you talking about people on the internet thinking they're, um, experts, experts makes me want to go straight into the <laughs> fandom, but there, there's, there, I, I want to talk about the villains. Cause we talked about the, yeah. murder, you knows, and they also had, um, they did this awesome thing in this season where they had one set of bombings happen and they were caused by, uh, J.K. Simmons and Big Dick. Mm-hmm. But people who are listening mm-hmm. to this that don't know the show, way out of um, context. Yeah. Okay, no, no, sorry. Um, uh, please pause the episode right here um, and yeah. uh, go watch uh, like at least three seasons of this show and then come back now. <laughs> Welcome back. Do, so great to see you, you. Although I already spoiled Wait, it. But, but do, you, do you know how Dick Casablancas got his name? No, no. Please tell us. Okay. So, um, they, they had like second episode. It was just supposed to be one of Logan's cronies who went Logan and the character was supposed to be kind of a dick. So they just wrote dick 
And then they loved Ryan Hansen so much that they brought him back as like a recurring and then a season regular. And they just kept the name Dick. That's awesome. Him, and Ryan Hansen is so good. Watching so him do his, so um, <laughs> his web series was so funny. That, yeah, uh, Ryan oh, Hansen he, solves crimes on TV. So amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he got everyone to come back and just at least show up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah I, I, it definitely speaks to the relationships that people have forged in the show, which I think is evident when you see them act on screen. I don't think Ryan. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Hampton and Kristen Bell are best friends. They lived together for years. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at you, Miss Trivia over here. Normally, yeah. I'm, I'm the one popping out random factoids. <laughs> Not today, we're, my friends. We're here. <laughs> so yeah. we so we got the the the. We had the the original bombers, Big Dick, mm-hmm. and and J.K. Simmons. And J.K. Simmons, shout, but <laughs> so it it was funny when I was looking at the trailer of this season, and they had J.K. Simmons show up, and they had Patton Oswalt show up. I was like, yeah, well, they're obviously the bad guys, right? There's got to be something there. <laughs> they are too yeah. big of names to be just <laughs> other people. Um, I wish yeah. I didn't think that because having um, the original bombers and then a copycat bomber was such a good idea. Um, yeah such a yeah like such a like an incredible way of setting up like the story um but i agree with you is that i the mistake was showing them in the trailer (laughs) because that was also my immediate thought was like neither of these people are here by happenstance and the way you're setting up in the trailer they are here for multiple arcs it's this is not some sort of like cameo Cameo. appearance no no Mm-hmm. So, in that way, yeah, I, I don't know who made the trailer, which was very good, but like I was like, aha, I, I, I think I figured this out. I have figured it out. <laughs> yeah. So Mallory had, uh, touched upon the idea of, um, I don't, I don't know if we actually got into the idea of ownership, but there was definitely the idea of, um, of people on the internet knowing, thinking that they know more than they do or at least having that entitlement. Um, And there has been, I don't know if you've looked at the Metacritic or anything like the reviews for the show, but all of the critic reviews are like 80 plus and all the, (laughs) all the fan reviews are like 20 down. And um, Mm -hmm. there's this whole vocal, vocal, yeah. Vocal pain. Well, because the fans that are reviewing are the ones who are really angry about it. That's not to say that like there aren't fans that are loving it. They're just not as vocal as those who don't. I.e. Star Wars fans. Um, but we'll talk about that another day. We'll talk about that in December when the last Star Wars comes out. Um, the last Star Wars that's ever going to come out ever in its life? That, the last, that sorry, the last um, Skywalker saga um, episode. Um, so there's going to be a lot of heated debates in December. Um, I'm not always. looking forward to it, but I'm also looking forward to it. Pain as a fan. Um, so the um, <laughs> so Mallory had talked about how to me, at least after I finished the season, and she was like, "Just don't go on the subreddit. It's bad." She it very- warned you. <laughs> so obviously, I'm like, "Well, I'm obviously going to go on the subreddit and read what fans are saying." And there is such, there's such vitriol. a <laughs> vitriol, yeah, on there for sure. And pe- people I, are very I, angry I about the season. Yeah, but I think the big thing is that it's not 
you're entitled to your opinion. If you don't like it, fine. But the problem for me is that the fans seem to think that they are owed something by the creative team, that they are the rightful owners of these characters and, and this world. And that if the producers and the creator and the actors don't deliver what they want, that they are in a position to somehow punish them, um, that they are in control of, of the narrative. Um, There's that idea that they think that they know where the character should have gone instead of what the creators think that they should have gone. But yeah, there's, I I saw one, one post, um, that was likening it to, um, a Rob Thomas to a child who was playing poorly with his toys and the fandom to the mother as the mother saying, you can have these back when you learn to play nice with them. Um, and I think that's really problematic for a lot of reasons. Um, but mostly because they're not your characters. They're Rob Thomas's. He's the creator. Um, we have these characters and the show because of him. Um, you don't need to love it. If you, if you liked the first three seasons and you're not a fan of the fourth one, like cool, but you are not the possessor of these, of this world. Mm -hmm. Lauren thoughts on how the fandom has reacted to this season. So I, I take a different approach than Mallory does, but um, I am also like my overarching feeling around, um, ownership is pretty is is quite similar um i think that it's really telling um where we kind of are as a culture like just in general like um that people um are so um not like not just invested in a show but invested in what they think is the right answer Right. To a show. And that people feel as though, like, I, I don't know if it's a matter of control or a matter of, um, like, what they, they think is right. But there is, like, obviously a very strong feeling that people don't have control over this and they feel like they should. And I don't know if that is a result of how the relationship was initially built between the fans and the show like through the movie. Um, And if that has informed the way that people feel that this show should be, um, Mm -hmm. or if it speaks to like a larger conversation around ownership, like, because this is the second, like, (laughs) like a second major and like, like horrifically publicly like scorned ending of a series that's like season. Yeah but especially of this year, (laughs) like, like it's, you can't really have this conversation without talking about the end of game of Thrones, which is so universally reviled Mm -hmm. that entire Mm -hmm. series, like the, the entire, like the entire final season of that show is so reviled by people. People actively hate it. People actively think that the, like they speak in the exact same terms as they have spoken uh-huh. about Rob Thomas, they say like, you guys have ruined our show. How dare you yeah. talk? Like, how dare you treat these characters like this? This isn't what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. And I'm not saying that like, like 
I that that's not necessarily that I don't feel that the final season of Game of Thrones is somehow uh, like a masterpiece. It is certainly not. I think there's a lot of problems with it. That that's not the point of this show. But yeah. it speaks to an ownership that people feel they have. I feel like yeah, well, um, I think there's a sorry. I, I was gonna say I think there's a difference between saying like I didn't like it. I wouldn't have chosen to put the characters in this, this situation. You know, this isn't what I wanted for it. And saying you did it wrong, you ruined it. You ruined something that like belongs to me. Um, and I think that's the big difference. Yeah, um, I, I also think there's a, a, a little bit of a difference between Game of Thrones fans versus Veronica Mars, mm-hmm. right? There's there's a precedence with Game of Thrones. They have the books, right? Yeah, and right. I know a lot of the fans, at least the vocal ones. We're like, well, the the series is really good, and then once they got past the books, they started just changing how characters should act. Right there, there was like, there was like the fifth season, and people were like, well, things have changed a bit, but it sort of feels the same. But it just kept on going down. Like people started feeling different. Like characters mm-hmm. that they had read for years just started sounding mm-hmm. and acting like they wouldn't have been. I think there's a little bit of a difference with that. There's a precedence. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you that uh, there's a lot of text to inform mm-hmm. um, like Game of Thrones and like people's reactions to it is definitely, I would say, is partially due to that. But I think you can make the same kind of comparison to Veronica Mars mm-hmm. in terms of having an existing text and like an existing formula that they then deviate from or yeah. f- like people feel like they don't have ownership over. Although, like, I am, like, sitting on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and one of the most interesting things that I see is, like, a one-star review from four hours ago that says, four and a half stars until the last ten minutes of episode eight. What a slap yeah. in the face for the last 15 years. So... I I, like, I don't know how you... I, I could never feel like that. Like, I watched Battlestar... Like, <laughs> let me tell you about a really bad ending. Like, I still love the show, even though I hated the last season, right? It wasn't, it, it didn't feel like a slap in the face. Like, it felt like such a normal progression for this show that that, that mm-hmm. he had to die. I don't know. Yeah. It just it baffles me that people are this invested in keeping those characters there. Well, but I also think, like, a lot of the, like, critiques I saw on, um, on Reddit where people being like, um, why can't Rob Thomas just let Veronica be happy? She deserves it. Da, 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 da. And it's like, that's great. If she's happy, there's no show. That's what, what drama is. Like there needs to be some sort of conflict. There needs to be some upset that she's, she's dealing with. Otherwise like nobody's going to watch like everybody's happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's uh, there's a great uh, comedian, uh, an Australian comedian, and she uh, is talking about inspirational quotes. And she says, like, no happy person is posting inspirational quotes online. Happy people don't need quotes. They have evidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, That's um, but it also, I think, speaks to this really lopsided view of Veronica being happy because Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you can watch season four and think that she is happy. Like no, literally the, the only time in season four that she is happy is when she has married someone. And that's like, that is 
not a really great message to send around like yeah. being a normal human being. I'm not like, mm-hmm. obviously like people who are like married can be really fulfilled and have like positive relationships, yeah. but <laughs> get out of here. Married people on this podcast. No, but like the idea that the only bright spot in her life is catching murderers and getting married mm-hmm. Um, but not even being happy about catching a murderer, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and not even really being happy about being married. Like, she's not happy, and yeah, yeah like, and this, like, sort of, like, I, I think that it speaks to a, uh, like, a larger idea around marriage and around, um, like, long-term romantic partnerships being something that they are not necessarily for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's even this moment right, bef- right, right before she gets married, where she's like, where she doesn't believe it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There, there, there's that feeling of her. It, it felt more right than her getting married. I don't know. Does, does that seem yeah. wrong? She is both horrified at the possibility that Logan would not show up, and also convinced that that so, is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. convinced, and. Like that is not the mark of someone who is psychologically like happy with their lives. Like, yeah. no. Is, well, yeah. she's she's used to to being betrayed and left. Um, so why you know she doesn't trust people? Like why why would she trust that this person would would not choose to leave her? Um, so it, it makes sense that she thinks like. Of course, of course, he's not going to show up. Why would he show up? And I think that's part. That's a big part of why she says no initially, because she doesn't believe that like he would actually see it through. Not that like Logan specifically, but that anybody would with her. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. with anyone, anyone with anyone, yeah. because she has taken on the most negative aspects of her job and yeah. blown them into being the archetypes of relationships well and i think that started with her mom too right because her mom walked out on them not once but twice Mm -hmm. um and then um in the first book uh so in the first book these two girls go missing from spring break and one of them happens to be the stepdaughter of her mom her mom is remarried um yeah now has a son with another man and she has this stepdaughter so Veronica's reconc- like dealing with this. My mom walked out on us twice, but she seems to be able to be like stay with this family. So what is it about us that made her leave? Hmm. That's really interesting because they sort of touched mm-hmm. upon that in the good place with her yeah. character then. Wow. I really need to read the books. Mm-hmm. No, but like, yeah, I, uh, again, going back to like this idea of, um, like broken relationships and like she sees relationships as fundamentally broken even the relationship yeah. she has with her father which is really like fun and friendly and like so warm and like is like a relationship to model on in a lot of ways she still does see as broken and the the one thing that i will say in that review where she treats her dad like a child that i disagree with but is but she views all of her relationships as somewhat broken, somewhat mm-hmm. lopsided, mm-hmm. somewhat um, unbalanced, either 
like but for different reasons her relationship with weevil is definitely super unbalanced because she feels betrayed by him Mm -hmm. um like her relationship with wallace is this very weird like where she almost goes to opposite land when she goes to wallace's house seeing someone who has a fulfilling relationship with both his child and with a wife Mm um like she just has all of these relationships that she sees to be so fundamentally broken. Yeah. That, yeah. Like I, the, the, it's, it's galling to me that people somehow would see that as being happy. Yeah. Yeah. And a credit to Rob Thomas for bringing the the whole idea of therapy again into the show. Mm -hmm. Cause that is definitely something that you would need someone to talk to about to. Yeah to get better, at least to, to learn more about yourself. Mm-hmm. I, right. Well, I, like, but I think the interesting thing is that she doesn't see that as being a flaw. She sees that as her seeing the truth and everyone else lying to themselves. She doesn't, she doesn't see that she has, has something that she needs to work on. She thinks that she's got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what, what fans would think if, if Logan did live during this, during the next season, what he would, what his purpose would be to be, right? Would he just be her anchor there all the time? I don't know. They, the, most, of, most of the things I, I've read, are, people are just angry about him being de- dead, but no one's Yeah, dead. I think, like, if he doesn't, if he didn't die, like, she wouldn't have gone to therapy. She wouldn't be leaving Neptune. I think, like, she'd just be stuck, and we would just be watching them fight and break up and get back together over and over again. Um, and you know, this, there, you can't watch that forever. Like things have to change. People have to grow. Um, and there needs to be new conflict. Hmm. Was there, I don't, I, cause I didn't watch it when it first came out. Was there a big internet, like a vocal internet about, uh, Duncan leaving the show? Cause he was a big part of the show too. Right. Don't give two I, about Duncan. So sorry about it, but like, no one yeah. cares. Yeah. I no one cares. Internet I, being I, like this. Um, I I didn't watch it when it originally aired, so I don't know. Um, I think I think I read somewhere that like for the first few episodes, like the first half of season one, nobody liked Duncan at all um, mm-hmm. because I think that's he point, like right? well, kind of. So I I if I remember correctly, reading this interview with um, uh, the guy who played Duncan, he Teddy. was saying that he, Teddy, yeah. Um, he was saying that like he knew all this character information that like Duncan was dealing with depression and like all of that stuff. So he did a lot of research of how people behave um, and was trying to do this like realistic portrayal. Um, but then the network was like, no, 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 you're being too sullen. Like people don't like you. We need people to like you. Um, so you can kind of see, I think if you go back and watch, you can kind of see where he gets more charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um as the network has like been like, no, 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 like you can't portray this. Like realistically, we need you to be charismatic. We need you to be the guy that Veronica wants. Um, and then he ended up leaving anyway. So, yeah. Well, so I saw the show, like I sort of, I basically watched the show the year that it ended. That's when I started watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the internet was vastly different yeah. Um, yeah, and I think um, part of like the internet, like people just—I'm not saying like 
I am not going to do like a bashing of modern times because I think that there's lots of other podcasts where people can go ahead and do that. Because <laughs> I like, um, uh, but it was a very people had a very different approach to media, yeah, and a very different approach to this show. Um, mm-hmm. There was this show um, like prior to Supernatural. Uh, like Supernatural has one of the most like avid fan followings on the internet. Like it just in terms of like fan created content, fan art, fan fiction, fan investment Everything. is is like supernatural and everyone else. But this <laughs> show like had a huge part of that. Like people really invested in they created a lot of content themselves around this show. Mm-hmm. And um like as uh, like especially around um uh like love like L-O-V-E, L-O-V-E, yeah. Logan, Logan Veronica, Veronica. Mm-hmm. um being like a huge part of um like a part of that narrative so again like people were like super invested in them as a relationship um but the I feel like people had a different reaction to a, a show going a direction they didn't like and I think uh-huh. like because when a show goes a direction you don't like, you're like, mm, I don't like this, but like, I'm going to go read these like 12 stories about how they're actually all still together. And it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But people no longer, like people are still very invested in that kind of fan driven content, that fan driven idea, but they demand to get what they want from like, uh-huh. from the the media that is created for them. Like, yeah. They no longer are comfortable just like living in this secondary world, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, where do we go from here? <laughs> I have treatises I, I can go for a while. Go for it. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, I, think, I, think, I think we've sort of talked about everything we can, but I think the, the real mm-hmm. final question, the one I want to end this podcast on is the most important one. And it is, what was the best or worst version of the theme song? Because oh. <laughs> oh, I have yeah. I have some hate on for some versions of it. Mallory, uh, yeah, I I I would go first season, fourth season, third season. Lauren, first season and the rest is garbage. I am with Lauren on this. Yes. <laughs> the rest of you are trash. Oh, that third, uh, this the 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 newer version just so bad. The so dandy Warhol didn't deserve this. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But to be fair, I don't, I don't think that the original like first season version that tone fits the tone of the fourth season for sure. Oh, absolutely not. You are correct. Yeah. Hmm, I'll re-edit it. We'll see what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I would say, why I didn't mind the fourth season version, because I thought it fit more tonally than the original. Um, Mm -hmm. The third season one was just awful. Just (laughs) But that was the the CW saying, you know what, we want it to be more noir-y. Needs to be edgy. Uh, Horrible. Let's throw this out to the fans. What did you think of the most recent season of Veronica Mars? Or Veronica Mars in general? How did you get into it? I got into it because I saw Kevin Smith um, tweet about his appearance on it, and I sort of got interested (gasps) as well. Um, So that was my other thing being like, oh, well, Kevin Smith seems to be on it. I might as well watch it. 
And then I totally forgot about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you know, get a hold of us on our social medias or on Facebook. That's part of the social media, obviously. You could also email us at podcast at geekswithkids.ca or you know, you could go on our website. It's all in the the, the end part of this episode. I like to think. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't breathe. <laughs> yes, someone else is going to choke in this episode and it won't be me! Mm-hmm. Water. I'd like to thank Lauren and Mallory for jumping on. Thanks, guys. Thank um, you. I look forward to talking to you guys about cats and uh, some oh. other things. Oh, there was another thing we were talking about. Oh, DC. DC, yeah. Now we have a lot of TV to watch and I look forward to talking to you about it. And thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkids.cn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.